1: Everybody, this is Phil Town,
2: and this is Danielle Town,
1: and we're here for the Invested Podcast, where we are learning all about how to actually invest the way Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, and a whole bunch of other superstar investors do it. Um, very much opposed to the sort of the 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 financial clergy who are out there, the priests of the financial world, academics, <laughs> Wall Street all think you can't do this. They think you are not capable of handling your own investment decisions um, in the stock market. And actually, they prefer to handle all of your investment decisions all the time. And this just reminds me so much of the Middle Ages when the clergy...
2: Okay, the really Middle didn't Ages want
1: you to. <laughs>
2: Let's like make this the world's biggest deal ever. It's <laughs> we're I all
1: the biggest victims. It's all the worst. We're oppressed, <laughs> and we're fighting for Come our on. freedom <laughs> from from oppression. Of I mean, honestly, these guys really don't want you guys to to do this on your own. It's a hundred billion dollar a year business. They don't want to have go away. And the truth of the matter is. they, they can't beat the market and they can't beat it because they have to invest short term to preserve their jobs. And the end result of that is that you would be just as well off going to a robo advisor and just sticking your money and let a computer do it as you would with the vast, vast majority of financial advisors. So, you know, they can say whatever they want, but your downside is pretty limited if you do it on your own. It turns out statistically, if you get something like fifteen to twenty stocks, you're as diversified as the S and P 500, within about a percentage point or so of the of the uh, the volatility. So this is all nonsense. And they're and they're there to preserve their positions in in the uh, finances, and you don't need them. And you just have to learn. It takes some time to learn, right? But it's a foreign language. But you got to do it. And I just want to say, Danielle's picture is not on the video this day because she's feeling pretty rocky right now. Um, I'll let her tell you what happened.
2: Well, I'm being extra quiet because I uh, don't feel great. Um, Yeah, I got, I tested positive for COVID last week and been feeling pretty terrible. Um, But I wanted to make sure we do our podcast because... It's no fun to run old episodes and well, I mean, it's a little bit fun. (laughs) I kind of actually enjoy listening to them, but we wanted to do it today. Um, and just, you know, continue our series here on figuring out what to do with investing. So, yeah, I don't know. My brain's not working very well. I have definitely have that COVID brain fog that they talk about and, um, I do not know what else I should say about, you said something about a story.
1: Well, um, honey, your brain not working well puts you on par with most of the rest of us. So I'm, oh, I'm feel feel free to have your brain <laughs> do whatever it wants to do right now because you're you're super cool and smart and we appreciate so much all the stuff you've been doing. But the story of how you get it is so ironic
2: Oh, how I got it. That's what you want to know. Yeah. So I don't know where I got it is the problem. Well, I guess, I mean, it would just be sort of interesting to know, I suppose, and to let other people know, but, um, but you've, been,
1: you've been so careful and I've
2: been like the most careful person around and everybody I know has been texting me that they can't believe that I of all people got this thing. Cause I like wipe everything and, uh, I'm very careful. But what happened is that my husband went to a country that's on the Swiss quarantine list because it has mm. such high, um, COVID cases,
1: you know, came and visited me.
2: Yeah. He went to the U S <laughs> which is on and the Swiss quarantine. We went list. out
1: and raced cars is what really happened.
2: Yeah. And he really wanted to do that. And mm-hmm. you know, it was a risk and we both <laughs> knew it. And he wanted to do it badly enough to take the risk. And so that was okay with me. And I said, that's fine, but I am not going to put myself at risk and be around you when you come back. And he said, great, go for a trip, you know, I'll quarantine you go have fun. So I was like, cool. That's what we'll do. And
1: genius, um,
2: getting away from him, who by the way, has tested negative, uh, I got sick from being out and traveling and um, and uh, we haven't been able to trace it to any particular spot. So I don't really know, but everybody I've been in contact with has tested negative, which is such a huge, massive relief. And it means I'm not spreading it. Um, and now scared. what just remains Supergirl. is for me to get through <clears throat> this.
1: So if you want so. to look up, ironic in the dictionary, you're not sure what it means. What you'll see from now on is a picture of Nuno and Danielle, with Danielle going off to get COVID to avoid getting COVID.
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm, exactly. Um, but overall, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. And I, I, I'm Back not having any complications. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get through it. It'll be okay. Um,
1: so far, so good. So we want to keep you rested. So
2: far, so good. So yeah, I'm trying to stay rested and when I do things, I, I get very very tired. So, um, including this thing.
1: So let's yeah. Stop, so what we're gonna do
2: is here. ask Dad your questions, and he's gonna answer yeah. them. Yeah.
1: So we've been really sort of terrible about answering questions, you guys, and we're sorry. Um, it's just so many things we well, want we to discuss. We were on the
2: checklist roll, and it was really fun. We we're on a roll. Oh, by and... the
1: way, we're not done with the checklist
2: but we will come back to it because it took us a ridiculous sure. amount of time. I'm
1: sure some of our listeners are hoping we are done with the checklist, but that, that being said, you we'll probably Put come back to it and wrap down. it up.
2: I like the it's checklist. It's just so
1: hard to listen to the whole thing. I think anyway, it's useful to you guys and I'm sorry we're so teachy sometimes, but those of you who are enjoying the checklist are, are enjoying it a lot. And those of you who aren't, probably aren't How actually you know out there buying stocks. do there are people who aren't stocks. enjoying
2: it? Have you been hearing that? Well,
1: I don't enjoy it. It's just <laughs> oh, one so that means there are other
2: people. <laughs>
1: I just assume. All right, let's do some questions. And just okay. whatever. This far away. Tell us who did it. Who said
2: This is it. from Deshaun Ellis. Here we go. Let's see they, they if they say, I can. Did, is
1: anybody putting in where they live or anything like that?
2: You know what? If I tell you I have to close this window and open a different window. Oh, oh, don't worry about it. So, Deshaun, thank you for your question. I'm sorry. I don't know where you live. Okay.
1: Fire away.
3: Hi, Investor family, Phil and uh, Danielle Towns. My name is Deshaun. I'm here in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been listening to you guys' podcast for about a year and a half now. Great, great teachings, great dialogue, great discussions. Um, I also purchased Danielle's book, which is phenomenal, to say the least. Um, I like this guy. I do have a question uh, more so for Phil. Earlier in um, the series, I want to say around episode 100, uh, you discussed the company that you purchased or bought into um, and had some failures. I wanted to get your perspective on what your thoughts is around major uh, projects around carbon capture. Um, I've been looking into a company called Occidental Petroleum, um, sticker symbol or ticker symbol O-X-Y, and um, one of the things that they're working on is the Carbon Capture Project. So I really wanted to get your insight in what red flags or things that would caution you against newer technologies of this sort being that you've already invested in a company similar to this if you can um give me any insights or any sort of information or any dialogue that would be extremely helpful thank you
1: all right so, from yeah, phoenix arizona
2: uh, by the way, I have to mention to you guys that my dad has not heard these questions, and neither have I. We just picked them randomly. So, Dad, do you know anything about carbon capture or Occidental Petroleum?
1: Well, a little bit. I mean, carbon capture um, is basically the idea is to uh, sequester or you know, put carbon... Uh, a way out of the uh, coming, this is carbon coming out of power plant generation where you're generating power um, and capture it before it gets released into the atmosphere. So the idea is to have a better green green world and then it gets tightly compressed and it gets injected into uh, geologic formations that are are safe and secure for a permanent storage. And um, and the thing is, Deshaun, is that these are really complex New technologies, as you're probably as you're alluding to, um, where I got burned in a in a uh, construction of a green uh, technology plant that was going to be a phenomenal uh, plant to reduce um, some of the toxic materials that get produced when steel dust is created. And it ended up being a, a, a disaster, um, not so much because of the technology, though, Deshaun, it became a disaster because they had some glitches in the technology and that resulted in lending, borrowing from the from the management team who then lied about it. And we're still trying to put them in jail. So that, that's an ongoing lawsuit that I can't really comment on in great detail except that these SOBs need to be in jail. So um, you're running into something of a similar problem and that except <laughs> the difference is this was a smaller company Run by people who turned out to not have integrity. Occidental is a huge oil company and they have a very, uh, they have a board of directors that pays very close attention to what's going on out there, as does every major oil company. And they're all trying, all oil companies are trying to make a shift. ExxonMobil is trying to make a shift uh, toward a green, you know, green production. Um, where they can take the heat off of producing oil, right? And, and uh, I, don't, I don't mean that as a pun. It, it means literally the, the pressure comes off if they can keep carbon uh, from going into the atmosphere. So they're looking for ways of doing that. And they're also looking for going into other green forms of energy. BP is announcing a major major initiative to green energy, uh, you know, into the future. And they're all looking at you know the potential end of carbon-based fuels down the road somewhere, right? Keeps they keep finding more of it, but somewhere down the road they're also looking
2: for ways to make money from that carbon, if possible, and from storing it. I know like in the startup world, I've sat in a few presentations about carbon capture technology companies and um, it's the kind of thing that I don't—I know is too hard for me. I don't understand it well enough to be able to discern the differences between various companies very well. But um, the gist of it is that there's a heck of a lot of new technology around this area. And when that happens, big companies want to get in on the action and don't want anybody or they, or they buy their way in and buy the smaller companies that are coming up with the cool ideas. So that's probably what Occidental's doing.
1: Sort of a valuable, um, you know, sort of phrase of, of, about this is that the stock market experienced people in the stock market tend to buy the rumor and sell the news. And, (laughs) And that means that often the end result of the rumor is not nearly as good as, the rumor itself, and um, you want to you want to get in while there's all this speculation driving the momentum of the stock. This is not, of course, how we invest, but this is the idea. You catch the momentum wave, which is how most of Wall Street invests, and then you get out before the momentum stops. And the momentum tends to stop on the news that, oh, yeah, we didn't cure all the ills of the world. So um, two things about technology. Number one is that you only want to buy into companies that you can see clearly where they'll be in 10 years. And, and what Danielle and I are telling you guys over and over again is that it should be as simple as going down the road from where you live. If you live in a good neighborhood and buying a house at a super great price at a 10% yield on your purchase price. So, you buy the house for 300,000 bucks, you should be getting 30,000 a year net income off of that before taxes. And, um, and if you can do that in your neighborhood, in a good house, solid foundation, nothing wrong with it. Um, you are making a a really good investment. Even if the house price doesn't appreciate a great deal over the next 10 years, it will be worth more in 10 years because why your, your neighborhood's improving. The quality is improving. Uh, it's a, got good schools. So this is all of the moat aspect of a real estate deal where you have protection against competition because it's a great neighborhood and they're not making great neighborhoods everywhere. So and how so, does that
2: relate to like companies that are talking about new technologies coming in when we don't really know what's going to happen with them, which I think is kind of the gist of that question.
1: Well, that's it, a good, good thought because what I'm looking at when I'm looking at buying a house down the street is I can see 10 years pretty clearly. uh uh-huh. I know yeah. where it's going to be in ten years. The rents will be higher, right? We we have a little inflation, maybe a lot of inflation. Rents are very likely to go up, unless of course you live in New York City right now, and and so you you're going to expect a certain degree of improvement in the productivity of this investment, and that's because you know the investment well and you know what it what it's all about in terms of its market. Can you say that about Occidental Petroleum? Can you say, yeah, I'm I'm really quite confident that ten years from now. The company itself will be larger and more productive. And if I can buy this at a great price today because oil companies are pretty down in the market, then I'm going to have a great investment. The problem is you're adding one more element, which is now they, have in order to see clearly, we'll have to see into the carbon capture technology. Are they doing better than Exxon? Are they doing better than some little company in a garage? You know, the future Apple that's out there in this world. So the problem I've got with that kind of an investment is I can't. I don't have the expertise to see that Uh, and to to look out 10 years and go, oh yeah, Occidental rock on. They're going to be, they're going to be bigger in 10 years. Now I might be able to say that to some degree of comfort about just the oil well production side of the business, but it sounds to me like you're really interested in a green type investment. And that's why you're looking at Oxy. Just remember the really, the only part of Occidental Petroleum or Exxon or BP or Chevron that you can really have any confidence about if you have any is the oil production side of things. That's the part that you can have some degree of predictability about. But if you don't like that degree of predictability, you're not sure what's going to happen to that. Then you can't buy into this. The carbon capture complete crapshoot and something you don't want to do as a rule one investor.
2: But I think you made a nice point, which is for, for you looking at that and for me looking at that at a, at an oil company coming up with new technologies, um, is is not something that we really have much insight into neither of us are oil industry experts but maybe he is you know like for those of those listeners who have that kind of scientific expertise or even oil field in specific expertise that could be an area where you really have an edge in your investing and if so go for it and the other thing that i tend to look at in these situations of Because there's a lot of this, right? Like new technologies that new companies are coming up with and bigger companies are starting to like, you know, get on the bandwagon way, way, way late. I try to look for smaller companies that are still publicly traded. So in this context, not a Chevron, not an Occidental, but whatever, some like small cap or mid cap um, oil field services type company, or maybe a specific carbon capture company that's already gone public. And there are a lot of them out there depending on the field, obviously, but there are a lot of small companies that you may not know about that aren't the huge ones that may be doing exactly what you know a lot about and are interested in. What do you think about that dad?
1: I, I think, um, it, it, first off, your point is 1000% right. you, you have to be an expert at the same level of expertise that you have for that house down the street, which means no, you can't build it. Probably. I certainly couldn't build a house. Um, and I can't even really inspect it and know that much about what I'm looking at, but I have enough expertise to know that I can get inspectors and have it looked over. And I have enough expertise on the County that, that I'm living in, to know that the schools are good and so on so it's it is a hundred percent about your ability to have the expertise um or to gather or to get the expertise and um i think danielle's right that particularly about small companies that are much more focused on a specific thing um, oxy is a big conglomerate they got a lot of stuff going on really a lot to learn there not to say you can't do it but you know keep keep the bars you're trying to jump over down to six inches, not six feet. And, and, uh, and you'll do much, much better.
2: And I think being clear about like what you're interested in, like if carbon capture is really what you're interested in, then an oil company may not be the best way to get at supporting that with your money. Or maybe it is. And I don't know enough about it to say, but just to know really like what you're trying to support and what's the best route to doing. I
1: love idea that, that it's, you know what? What you're doing when you become an investor is you're you're looking to get, a very clear about who you are and what you're interested in. And Lee Lu is one of the best investors in the world. I mean, Charlie Munger's letting him manage his money, and and he's not kidding. It it's a it's a self uh, revelation. It's a self self. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a path of enlightenment or something. You it, it is it really has that quality to it. Great investors really understand themselves well and understand what they're passionate about and understand what they're interested in and then they magnify it and make that into the, the world that they're investing in and that makes them millions of dollars because <laughs> they're able to wait patiently until that house goes on sale. And of course, now you see where the analogy falls apart because that house doesn't go on sale down the road. Uh, Almost ever, you know, but in the stock market, things go on sale all the time for all sorts of reasons. And some of those reasons are perfect for you as an investor to jump in and buy this thing that you have studied. And that's, uh, that's it in a nutshell, what we do. Let's, let's do another question. Okay.
2: Um, this one is from Carly.
0: Hello, Phil and Danielle. This is Carly. I hope you are having a fabulous day. Um, First, I have to say thank you so much for all the amazing education and this show that you guys um, create for us. It's changed my life dramatically in such a positive way, and I'm just super grateful. Um, My question today is about insider trading. I've been researching ResMed. uh, The ticker symbol is RMD, and it's in Australia and in the States. And I've been looking at insider trading on Guru Focus, and I see that the CFO and the CEO are doing regular sales of their stock that they own, like every month, the same amount, like 2000 or 6651 specifically for the CEO, just continuously every month selling that amount for the last year or the last um, couple of years. I, that's not very specific, like, don't take that as absolute. But um, for the last year, at least, it's been all sales. And I'm just wondering if there's like a regular behavior of upper rank um, company people uh, to sell their shares like routinely, regardless of price or something. Like, is it something to be uh, concerned with looking at or is it just like a regular behavior that CEOs and CFOs do? They just sell their stock routinely the same amount. Anyway, your insight is much appreciated. Um, have a wonderful day and a wonderful show. And I will leave you another message again soon. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a great uh, that's question. Cool. Thanks, Carly. Love it. Yeah, that's, that's I really have,
1: quite I good. I have
2: a thought, but I'm curious what you think.
1: Well, tell me what you think
2: my reaction upon seeing that would be that they're selling as long as it's a small amount, they're selling for income purposes. They're looking to have a regular monthly income from their stock. And it's not so much that's going to affect their overall holdings and their overall control of the company.
1: Yeah, that's a hundred percent right. And, and, and the way that comes about Kali is that many companies pay their executives a salary um, and then pay them, Additional money in the form of stock options, and the reason that they do that in the United States and and now it's done all over the world is because in <laughs> this is so amazing the because of the unintended consequences of regulation. And after Bill Clinton's administration came into power in the early nineteen nineties, uh, there was quite a lot of concern that CEOs had been paying themselves more and more and more money relative to their employees, and and Congress said, "Yeah, we got to put a stop to this. It's uh, it's not it, it's not fair." And so they passed a law that said that if a company, a public company pays its CEO more than a million dollars a year, they can't deduct the balance above a million dollars from their income tax, which means it's on for them at that point in time is about two to one. in other words, every dollar they pay the guy, they, it really costs them two uh, after tax. So the impact of that was companies got clever and figured out that they could do stock options and the CEOs could sell the stock and that would not be considered. Um, this extra salary because it would be related to some kind of standard, like some they have to perform something. It's a bonus based on some hitting some milestone. And then the 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 corporations proceeded to put these milestones in there that were just nonsensical, silly. And you can you have to be Danielle and a lawyer to understand what in the world they get paid on. But the bottom line, Callie, that you're asking about, and Danielle nailed it, Carly, is that Carly. These, I thought it was Carly, kind of Carly. Carly, Carly. Okay. Carly. <laughs> is that they're getting options on a regular basis, um, often quarterly, and then they're converting those to cash as part of what their income is. And so if you look at an insider trading screen, you can Google insider trading and a number of websites will come up um, to give you insider trading information or you can go over the toolbox, rule1investing.com, and and click on insider trading for any stock, and you'll see all the insider trading. And in this particular company, you can see it really quickly. Is that they're getting an option, uh, for let's say f- um, five thousand nine hundred nineteen shares, right? So I'm looking at one of them here, and then they immediately sell it. So that that ultimately is the is the key to whether or not this is uh, this is a bunch of insiders unloading for bad news. If it's that typical and that consistent, and it's in small amounts, just like Danielle said, very likely without even looking at insider trading, it's options exercise. And uh, you can get the information in 15 seconds by going online. There you go.
2: I like that you're looking at it, Carly. I think that's uh, good research and, and well thought out to try to figure out what's going on there.
1: Now, while we're on that subject, it is very important actually to pay attention to the major players in a company. That'd be the CEO, uh, chairman of the board, any big venture capital guys that are in it that have a big position. And you really want to pay attention to the insider trading stuff and and make it something that you have alerts set on or you're you're checking it regularly because occasionally these guys will go out publicly and and they will promote the stock and they'll be like, yeah, this stock is amazing. You know, the company's doing so great. They'll be very careful what they say so they don't get in trouble with the regulators and they say it just right. And meanwhile, they're selling their position. And this has happened over and over and over again, where, you know, they're saying one thing about how, how the company's doing without violating the law. And then they're unloading their whole position. But the, the selling of those shares is available to you as a small investor in at the insider trading Websites and you should definitely be tracking that uh, because that's a big early warning. If if these guys are getting out in a major way, I mean they're unloading a position, right? They've got a huge position in the company and they're really selling it. It's not they're paying their taxes or something. They're getting out, and it should be pretty clear that they're getting out. And there'll be a number of them getting out together. Uh, You want to you want to look at that real carefully as an early warning red flag that something's going on here. They haven't yet disclosed. And back on our previous question, the company that I failed to exit threw up this particular red flag that the CEO and the CFO bought stock in the company in September and then sold it in January on January 1st. And they had to declare it because they were insiders. And had I paid attention to that, I would have seen that as an early warning. And they sold a bunch weeks,
2: on January first, yeah, so like a big chunk. The,
1: yeah, everything they'd bought in September.
2: Oh. oh. And
1: then some. And three weeks later, they took the company in a chapter eleven bankruptcy. Oh. So it's unbelievable they can get away with this. Yeah,
2: and that's one that I think, like in a way, we're kind of lulled into complacency because the um, 13F filings, which say what uh, investors are invested in, uh, if they're large funds, are only are uh, what am I trying to say? Sorry, they're they're They're, they're every ninety days exactly. Whereas. So we kind of go like, oh, like it's, it's all late. It's all delayed. You know, we've talked about that so much, but the, um, the insiders buying or selling their own stock that has to be reported immediately actually. And yeah. it comes out to us, the public very, very quickly. So it is something to watch, um, you know, maybe not day by day, but, you know, check it once a week because there are probably somebody that sold or bought that week
1: absolutely right. Well, honey, I think that's enough for today. I think I'm, good. I'm feeling you like fade the questions. slowly into the sunset. I think sunset. we should try this let's again. Let's do some more. Yeah, yeah, let's do some more. This is really cool. I hope you guys also, like you it. Guys Send your questions such in.
2: such good questions. It's always really fun to hear because it jogs my mind for other stuff.
1: Absolutely, like right. absolutely right. Um, absolutely right. And I
2: also want to add for everybody who's on my premium newsletter, The Invested Practice, which is out this weekend as usual i will have some stuff for you i don't know what it's gonna be (laughs) but we will figure something out for investing because there's been a lot going on in august and um and i'm excited about that so i'll be good to talk to you guys again
1: all right you guys stay safe out there and honey you rest and drink lots of water
2: i'm drinking the water
1: (laughs) (laughs) and rest rest rest. (laughs) okay until next time everybody time to go play